This is a statistic that I always find absolutely stunning. Housing prices have jumped almost 30% nationally in the past year alone. 30%. Can you imagine? Housing affordability has already left, had left before the pandemic, many running to try to catch up. Now it's leaving a growing number of Canadians in the dust. Well, the Liberal government plans in the budget, uh, to try and solve this, or at least try to fight this, include a temporary ban on foreign buyers. We talked about that in the last half hour with Stuart Prest. A crackdown on speculators, a pledge to double the pace of new home construction, and a new tax-sheltered way for Canadians to save up, to buy a home. So we're asking tonight, if those housing measures are the foundation of this budget, is a solid one? Is it a solid one? Uh, and we'll ask you as well, what do you think so far? Does this sound like a good idea? Can the government really do anything? to tackle housing affordability, given all that's going on and given all the many reasons behind it, as Stuart Prest was mentioning, given the fact that this is something that exists between three different levels of government, between the uh, federal government, the provincial governments, and the municipal governments. So let me know. You can uh, give me a shout at, at 877-399-9898 or drop me a line, I should say, at 877-399-9898. Uh, let me know where you are and who you are and whether or not you think this uh, plan is a good idea or not and whether you think it'll make any kind of difference. It is really the cornerstone of this budget. Now, it is a relatively modest budget. They're not spending all that much money here uh, over the next few years compared to what they've spent in the past. Uh, just what $85 billion overall is what the windfall is, uh, but they are spending a little bit less than we might have expected. $7.4 billion this year, $30 billion in new spending over six years. But a lot of that is going to, uh, to housing, in fact. So again, if this is the foundation of the budget, is it a solid one? Joining me now from Ottawa is one of Canada's foremost experts on housing policy. Steve Pomroy is a housing research consultant and a part-time lecturer at Carleton Universities and McMaster University as well. Steve, thank you so much for your time tonight. Good evening, Ben. So you've summed it up this way. Lots of words, indeed, as in every budget. Few homes. Uh, what? How, why is that your take on all this? When you actually break down the initiatives, uh, you, know, there, you know, there is a multitude. It's a veritable smorgasbord. I mean, if you look at the uh, the, the table of contents of, of chapter one and then the, the budget tables in the back of that chapter, there are 25 different initiatives that are in there. Uh, there's a lot, lot of things about studying things, coming back with more details, those types of things. But in terms of the, the actual investments that they're going to produce housing, uh, leaving aside the accelerator fund uh, uh, where they propose to... Uh, uh, create 100,000 homes. Um, I think that's a separate piece. Um, but in terms of actual you know, real homes are going to be produced, we've got a, around 6,000 units, uh, 3,000 units to address homelessness, um, and, and very little else in terms of actual helping people be housed. Uh, there are a number of initiatives to, to help young families buy homes, those types of things. Um, but they're all, you know, a savings account, how long is that going to take you to save up enough money? When are you going to get a home? Certainly not this year. So I think in terms of the immediate impact uh, of the number of homes and the number of households who will be helped to get into housing, it's a very, very small number. Steve, you've been watching this space for a very long time. How do you put into words what's happened in the last 18 months since those early days of the pandemic when everyone was saying, you know what, housing prices are going to correct now, they're going to fall. And all of a sudden we've seen this incredible jump and it feels like it's, it's raging out of control right now. 
Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 very scary in, in many respects. And I think you know that we 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 were already on a pretty long trajectory of of price increases. Uh, you know, pretty well over the last you know fifteen years, we've been, been a, a steady increase. Um, I think what what tended to happen in, in sort of 2017, 2019, we had a quite a, a surge in, in, in immigration, which kind of sort of poured fuel on the fire. I think until that point in time, we were keeping up quite well with in terms of new supply. Uh, but we had this short, short-term impact of, of a bunch of extra people seeking housing, and that kind of bumped up housing prices a little bit. Um, uh, but at the same time, you know, the, what the pandemic brought uh, with the main impact was a very, very significant reduction in the cost of money. Mortgage rates bottomed out very, very low. You could get mortgages for less than 1%. And that really did fuel the ability for folks to go out there and, and purchase a new home. Um, and uh, alongside that, uh, you had, uh, because of COVID, uh, and the uh, people not wishing to, you know, have people traipsing through their homes. Um, you know, we, we quite often, and certainly a lot of the commentaries on this, they conflate two separate issues: the issue of lack of listings and lack of supply of, of new construction. And so, what we had is we had a very few number of, of homes being put up for sale, a bunch of people uh, seeking to purchase them with lots of purchasing capacity as a result of the low mortgage rates, and that really uh, started to drive up house prices in a significant way. Way. As soon as we got on that upward spiral, uh, that continued to self-perpetuate itself in many respects. Uh, that uh, you know, people saw, geez, prices are going up great. I'm going to put my home on the market and, and, and make a killing. Um, and at the same time, the folks who were uh, you know, three quarters of the folks who buy a new home uh, are existing owners. Uh, and so they rode that wave of appreciation and they had bags of money as a result of uh, sleeping in their beds at night and the house going up in value uh, that they could then bring to the table in terms of bidding on a new property. So we kind of created this phenomenon of what I refer to as supercharged demand of, uh, of many of the ex existing home buyers. So it's, it's really not the foreign buyers. There is a little bit of speculation in there, but the speculation is really coming from our neighbors uh, having lots of equity and buying the house across the street as a rental. Uh, so it's really, a, you know, a, uh, we've, we've created this problem for ourselves. I remember living in London, reading this great stat, because of course, in, in England, in London specifically, they were always talking about housing, that of course, many people in London, their houses made more money than they did you yes. know, through the year. And now we're yes. seeing that happen here. And now, now yep. we're seeing that happen here, where literally your house makes more money than you do. That's right, exactly. Uh, it, it can't be healthy. No, and, 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 and unfortunately, I don't know if we're going to be able to stop it. And I don't think that the budget actually has the right prescription to stop it. Um, you know, it's defined the very first chart in, in, you know, very early in the budget discussion is the fact that, you know, housing is in a crisis. And the reason it's a crisis is the biggest cause of home price increases is the lack of supply. Uh, and that's a rhetoric that's been perpetuated by a number of bank economists and industry uh, commentators over the last couple of years. They, they reproduce a chart from Scotia Economics uh, showing that Canada has the fewest homes per capita in the G7. Ergo, we, we're, we're short of homes. We don't actually look through the data and say, well, actually, Canada also has the, high, the highest average uh, household size in, in, in the G7 uh, long, alongside the US. And we, so we put more people in each house. So making a comparison to other G7 countries as the basis for national policy really isn't a very sophisticated way to do things. So what could be then, uh, if there were anything that the government could do right now to try and at least tame this somewhat, or at least give people some hope that this isn't going to turn into, I will never own a home. Uh, how do they do that? 
Well, the government doesn't want to say it, and the consumers and, and the homeowners don't want to hear it. But the reality is, if you buy the analysis that the reason for the, the main reason for excessive increases in home prices is that we're driving them up because of cheap money and because of uh, accumulated wealth and, and inequity in existing homes, if that's the cause, then the, the solution is to you know, re- reduce that capacity to pay. You, know, you can do that on the uh, monetary side and, and completely unrelated to this housing crisis. Uh, we now have the Bank of Canada raising mortgage rates, sorry, raising interest rates, which will ultimately raise mortgage rates um, as a way to tame inflation. So that actually is a, the silver lining in that is that it will actually store our capacity to pay uh, and have a positive benefit. And the other is this supercharged demand from excessive windfall gains on, on your existing homes. Uh, the, the only way we can stop that impact is to confiscate some of that windfall gain, which gets us into the very controversial and, and vexing issue of taxing the sales price on homes uh, or, or taxing capital gains. The, the government's drawn a line in the sand. Uh, partly because he was accused of thinking about it by the by the opposition and says we will never tax capital gains on a principal residence. Um, so they've taken you know the, the best solution to actually stall excessive house price growth is the one they said they will not do. And indeed, you know, politically, I can understand and why they would want to say that. You know, two thirds of us, fifty nine percent of us, are homeowners, um, and uh, for the government to basically come up with a policy, particularly if it was an election year, which currently it's not um uh, you know you're not going to attract many votes by saying we're going to actually tax your your windfall gain but i think that you know there is a there is space to do that i mean provinces brought in land transfer taxes a few years ago and we're paying you know one one and a half percent uh, as a tra- transfer tax on on new homes so you know we don't have to go after the sacred cow of capital gains we could actually attach some level of of levy uh, a affordability levy or something like that uh, to these extremely large gains that people like gaining. If you bought a house 20 years ago for $300,000 and you can sell it for, for $2 million now, paying $50,000 in, in, in a fee uh, to, to help out on the affordability side, you pay more to a realtor to sell your house. Uh, so I don't think it's, it, it's something that we should take off the table. I think it really does des- deserve serious policy discussion. And the other part of that is we've got these young young households struggling to, to uh, get enough the down payment together and cover their transaction costs and buy a home. And yet the when we actually do do a transaction, the, the land, it's more at the provincial level in this issue, but the, the land transfer tax is paid by the purchaser. Uh, the person who's running away with bags of money is not actually contributing to that tax. So I think we've got that backwards as well. Steve Pomeroy, thank you so much for your time tonight and your insight. Um, look forward to speaking to you again. I'm sure we'll be talking about this for many, many, many months to come. It's not going away, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> thank Take you, care. Steve.